hello hello everybody welcome back to the podcast that's name i can't recall i believe cole has is the how do i dynasty for our league that still doesn't have a great name it is what it is uh, it is i aaron your commish coming at you to kick off season four joined with me is everybody's favorite league villain trent how you doing tonight oh i'm great i'm great hey listen don't short our uh dynasty league name it makes us special and uh we've been here you know like you said going into year four so that's pretty uh that's that's pretty something to be excited about we've what 11 members have been here for four years correct uh I, well this will be the third for uh for hunter but yep everyone else is that's what i'm saying yeah 11 of 12 right mm-hmm. so yeah so i mean hunter is we we welcome hunter um but everyone else welcome back for year four and uh I'm just so excited football is back and you know I may be a little bit of a league villain but everybody love everybody. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's all it's all jokes. Uh yeah, we wanted to hop on here and kind of record a quick pod before the start of the season. I know that's been something we've done each of the past, you know, weeks before the season. Unfortunately, we were just talking about this before hopping on, but the season has definitely crept up on us this year and I kind of forgot almost that the season was starting here in a couple of days. So we wanted to get on here. Uh, it's not going to be quite as long form as like the power rankings pods as we've done in the past, but we still want to get on here, kind of talk about all the teams, talk about any big moves they made over the off season, and kind of give some quick hitting thoughts on you know what we like about the teams, where we think they're going to kind of end up, and then maybe towards the end give a uh, championship prediction. So. Real quick, though, just going to do my little commissioner spiel and just remind everybody to get your rosters cut to 48 as soon as possible. Technically, the deadline is going to be right before kickoff on Thursday. If you don't have your cuts in by then, I mean, I'll shoot a text. And if I don't hear from you, I'd have to make my cuts. So I think for the most part, I think most people are either at 48 or they might be like one player over. So get that done real quick. And... Like I also said, waivers are going to be back in full swing starting next week, uh, where they run every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Just for this week, it's only going to run on Thursday morning. Uh, That's just kind of the way the system set it up. But that's my little commissioner spiel out of the way, so I will kick it back over to Trent. Yeah, I need like a dollar or two of those blind bid dollars there. So, you know, self a broke fella out. Tom Brady retired and took all your money. And by your money, I mean my money. Unfortunately. So, as Aaron mentioned, I think what we're going to do here is uh, just kind of run through week one matchups. Um, but with those matchups, we're going to highlight each team and kind of talk about uh, just what we like this season, where they stand, and uh, at the end, give you our hot takes. These teams might end up at the end of the season. So... I think we're going to start here with the Pine Grove Grovers and the Winnipeg Wendigos. Uh, Aaron, I'll throw it actually back to you. Um, do you want to start and kind of just talk about this matchup and what you like from each team? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we can start with the Grovers. Dylan obviously just won the ship this past season, beating me in the finals. And I feel like his his roster is kind of in like a... I don't want to say like a last two raw type situation, but I mean, he's got Ezekiel Elliott. He's got Austin Eckler. He's got Cordero Patterson, which forms a pretty, pretty good running back trio for our league. But they are all kind of getting up up there in age, especially Elliott, you know, getting near that touch threshold because he's dominated the ball so much. And with Tony Pollard coming up, might be a little scary. 
Uh, but he he's definitely made some moves here this offseason. I think he just acquired Keenan Allen. I believe it was for Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, I believe it was. I definitely Cooper think that's Gale, Gale, right. Yep. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's a pretty, pretty good move there. I think Keenan Allen is pretty underrated. And I think he still has a couple good, really good quality wide receiver one seasons left in him. He still has Cooper Cup, who obviously he's probably not going to be quite as dominant as he was last year. And then within there, he also has some guys with some pretty high upside looking at Corlin Sutton coming back with Russell Wilson and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who was the the peak free agent signing for the Chiefs to replace Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm going to be curious to see if he's able to step up to that mantle. I really liked Valdez-Scantling, you know, way back when he kind of burst out onto the scene, but he's kind of, he kind of fell out of favor there with Aaron Rodgers, but all of that on offense to pair with, it's still a really good defensive side of the ball. Of course, it's getting a little weaker here with age. Um, he lost Corey Littleton this year. He just had Blake Martinez get released. Uh, the defensive line is still looking pretty good, especially now that I did go back in and do those true position realignments. And now he's got Joey Bosa back at the D-line. Um, I think this is a pretty, pretty great squad overall. I don't know if you've got any other thoughts on the Grovers. Just hopefully they're able to, like I said, get that one last hurrah, maybe go back to back. Yeah, and I was going to say, I'll actually talk about the Grovers before we move on to Nick. Um, I think it would just be better if we do it that way throughout this pod. Kind of just piggybacking off everything you've said. I love uh, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen. Um, You know, that is uh, a trio where fantasy football, you typically don't want three guys at the same team, but the Chargers offense is going to be so high-powered this year. If you're going to have any trio like that, that's probably the one you want to have. Running backs, kind of what you said about Ezekiel Elliott, you know, in your standard, I think, redrafts this year, is Ezekiel Elliott is still maybe a round two, round three guy. Um, but it is interesting, you know, I think this is kind of year four, the first year where kind of, maybe not the first year, but, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is a household name. But now, from a fantasy football impact, we're here in year four of Dynasty, and uh, Tony Pollard has, throughout the years, prepped his way into kind of a role for the Dallas Cowboys. So we are seeing how some of these young athletes, uh, young rookie draft picks that we have, uh, do turn into uh, starting role players or start to affect these guys that were uh, the studs that we were drafting early rounds when this league started. So I just wanted to shout that out because I think that's a really cool aspect of, uh, of the Dynasty. I'm not going to take too much longer with the Grovers. Um, I think they are a great team. Uh, like you said, the true uh, position alignment on defense was a great thing for the league. Uh, he gets Bosa back in that DN position. Uh, great offensive team, great defensive team. He's going to fill a uh, playoff lineup um, every week. Maybe some depth depth issues on defense, um, but at this point in Dynasty, uh, depth is kind of a thing that I, I think we're all lacking at in in some facets of the game. So Grovers are a, a great team, and I expect Dylan to be in the playoffs uh, yet again. So next we're going to be talking about the Winnipeg Windigos. Nick, uh, he is matched up against the Grovers this week. I think this week's matchup against the Grovers uh, is going to go to the Grovers, and Nick is going to fall short. Uh, Nick's team this year is interesting. Um, I think you know he has a very good potential starter in Trey Lance. He's getting a lot of hype. Out of, uh, out of camp at the quarterback position. It's going to be a guy who's going to throw for touchdowns and rush for yards in a uh, thriving, hopefully thriving, San Francisco offense. 
Uh, running back is going to be a little, little little question mark for Nick this year. Uh, hopefully he can get the Kansas City job with uh, Isaiah. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. Aaron uh, Pacheco. How do we say that these days? Uh, Pacheco. Yeah, Pacheco, that guy. So, you know, um, I think he was getting a lot of buzz out of camp. Um, still may compete for some touches. Um, not sure what that storyline is at the moment, but uh, Trey Sermon in Philly may get some buzz if Sanders can't stay healthy. But Kenneth Walker in Seattle uh, is probably his bright spot uh, rookie pick. Um, Penny is obviously good to be there in Seattle at the running back position too. So just a lot of question marks at a thin running back position. Uh, wide receiver, he's managed to get some young talent on his team uh, throughout the years, including this year with Drake London. Uh, he's going to have Hollywood Brown in the Arizona role uh, as wide receiver one for the first six weeks. So Hopkins is gone. Uh, Lave in New Orleans is a great asset this year. Uh, Moore in Arizona can be a great asset as well with Hopkins out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see Bateman, Baltimore, great wide receiver. Um, so he has a lot of young wide receiver talent, uh, including at tight end, another pass catcher, Kyle Pitts. So a lot of young wide receiver, uh, tight end talent. At the moment, defensively, young team again. You know, Aiden Hutchinson is his stout defensive end pick this year. Uh, his team, I don't think, is going to be a playoff team this year. Um, but he's definitely loaded for the future with young talent. And I'm sure he has tons of draft capital. I don't have the picks right in front of me, but I know he is one of the guys that uh, is kind of in that rebuild mode. So I think Nick's heading in the direction he wants to go. Um, I could see him winning a couple games this year, but not sure about playoff talent. Uh, Aaron, what do you think about Nick's team this year? Yeah, I think Nick is still at least a year away. I, I think if you go back and look, he actually had 17 draft picks this year, which is just kind of an insane amount when you think about it. Like you said, he added Drake London. He added uh, Wendell Robinson. He added Chris Olave. He added Samir White, Kenneth Walker. Like said on defense, Aiden Hutchinson, Jermaine Johnson, George Karloftis. Like he acquired a ton of talent this year, but ultimately a lot of that talent is not quite ready to contend for a championship. Especially when you look at running back, which in our league, the the championship contenders are all pretty stacked at running back. And you look at his running back room, and there's nobody that I would feel great about just starting. You know, to start the season. I mean, maybe these young guys can kind of step up, especially like maybe Zamir White can overtake Josh Jacobs, who's kind of kind of in that fifth year. His option got declined. Who knows what's going to happen with him? I think I think Nick is OK with being told that he's not a contender this year, especially when he looks at I mean, Kyle Pitts. He just acquired Noah Fant. I mean, he's loaded on the young offensive talent and he does have, I believe it's two firsts next year and two seconds as well. Probably has a bunch of mid-round picks as well. This guy just loves acquiring draft picks. But at some point, the value does have to eventually pan out and turn into uh, you know winning assets. So hopefully hopefully, some of these young guys that he picked up this year are going to turn into those guys that maybe next year he's looking at becoming a really strong contender. But I also think that this week one matchup should be pretty Dylan favored. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Nick, you know, we, we both kind of hit on it. Nick uh, is kind of a team. It's just maybe a year away. But uh, doing right with his rookie draft picks, continuing to, uh, to build there. So next, we're going to be talking about the Boston Clams and the Magicians. 
uh, Aaron, if you want to go ahead and start talking about Joey and the Boston Clams and uh, what you expect this season. You know, Joey's team is always interesting to follow because you just never know what for moves are going to be made or how the roster is going to turn out over time. I believe this season he obviously acquired that 101 pick from Jason, which turned into Brees Hall, which did give him a pretty loaded backfield of Swift, McCaffrey, Brees Hall, and Kareem Hunt, as well as uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who he then decided to trade off to Jabir for A.J. Brown. Uh, that was kind of the, the main pieces involved in that deal. So he's definitely trying to go for more of a top-end talent roster, and I certainly think if Brees Hall becomes that guy with the Jets, I think that he's got to have one of the best running back cores in the entire league. And then you look at receiver, like I said, A.J. Brown. He did acquire uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, who I think will be solid flex quality type players. He still has Tyree Kill, who personally I'm pretty down on going to Miami, but he is the cheetah. Maybe maybe my concerns are a little overblown. Uh, and then a, a bunch of other quality receivers, um, Mike Williams and Robert Woods there at the end. Uh, he just has so many, it's kind of hard to look at them all here on this roster page. He's got a lot of talent, um, and then on, on defense, he I, I don't think that he's like a standout per se in any one category, although I think of all the rosters, he definitely kind of benefited the most from the true position change because he had both Harold Landry and TJ Watt get moved to defensive end, although that was pretty short-lived with, uh, with Harold Landry tearing his ACL and going on IR for the year, so... You know, a bit of sad news there for, for our Titans fans. Uh, Jason and Jabir especially can pour one out. I still think that this is a, a better squad than the version we saw last season, and it's really just going to come down to can he get by with only, I, I believe it's only four running backs. If that is uh, still David Johnson on his roster, he's you know an injury away from being in some trouble there. But I definitely think this is a pretty, pretty good squad, probably the best we've seen out of Joey so far. Yeah, I uh, Joey's a smart fantasy player. Um, he's kind of building a team, you know, that's going to compete. Uh, I could definitely see him making the playoffs. I don't necessarily know about a championship. Uh, he does have wide receiver depth in the sense that you know Robert Woods and Mike Williams could end up being like a wide receiver five and six for him if you know Hill stays healthy, Gallup comes back healthy, Cooper's healthy, and Brown is healthy. So that's a good. Uh, position to be in running back you touched on is thin um Brees hall with that one one pick is it going to work out we're all hoping so uh i guess there's been some rumors about the michael carter williams uh still winning the room uh kareem hunt is an interesting character because i think joey is gonna end up probably dealing him to maybe a contender that needs a running back just depends on what chubb's workload is all in all i think uh, Joey has a good team. His defensive line uh, with you know Garrett <clears throat> and Chubb, uh, Hayward, DJ Watt. He has a he has a very loaded uh, D line as well as uh, some good linebackers and safeties. So Joey's team overall, great team. And I'll really have to say about it. Kudos to him for for building a roster like you said better than I think we've seen in in the past years. And then looking at the other side of this week one matchup, we've got the Metropolis Magicians. Devin, our season two championship winner, who didn't quite match up, didn't quite reach that high last season. 
And I feel like this is another team. I think him and Dylan are very similar in the sense that I feel like if we're looking at their rosters next year, they might be looking at kind of rebuilding their squads. You can't knock the talent on the squad looking at Dalvin Cook, uh, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs. That, you know, a year or two ago was a very strong running back core. But now that there's all this concern about Antonio Gibson not getting all the work with the ones. And like I said earlier, Josh Jacobs with the concerns of uh, Zamir White, you know, the Dalvin Cook has always struggled with injuries, though he does have Alexander Madison. I think Devin may have had the best year of his fantasy life, you know, within the context of this current iteration of the Magicians. Uh, I still think that this team can't contend. I mean, when you've got guys like Stefan Diggs and Mike Evans, Devo Samuel, like that's a really strong receiving core. And that's not to knock anything he's got on defense either. He has Foyer, Aluacone, Fred Warner. Zach Cunningham kind of came on for the Titans last season. And then he did pick up some quality uh, rookies on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, this team, I still think, can be, you know, like a top four squad. I wouldn't be surprised at all if everything clicks and he does end up making a championship run. But I just kind of have concerns about. The, the long term, and I've talked with him about this as well, and he kind of has some of those same concerns that he feels like maybe, you know, if this season doesn't kind of go the way that he's hoping, that he might have to look to start selling off some assets to some contenders. So we're hoping for a good playoff run from Devin's squad, but I definitely think that it's either coming to an end or we're nearing the end for the Metropolis Magicians, which is crazy for how good they've done in this league. Yeah, for Devin, I uh, wrote three Ds down on my uh, on my notepad here. I wrote down Dak Diggs and Dalvin. So I think that's a real big trio that can carry this squad to uh, that playoff contender uh, type team once again. I do agree with you that the running back room is a little outdated, but Gibson should still be the Washington number one and get some quality touches uh, throughout the first couple weeks. Um, and hopefully can resolve his fumbling issues and kind of win some job security back. That would be best case scenario for Devin here. Uh, Cook also in the same boat. I don't think he's in danger of losing his job, but you know, having him and Madison there is a, is a good handcuff in case anything goes wrong. Uh, wide receiving core is great. You touched on it with Evans Diggs, uh, Renfro, Devo. Uh, am I missing anybody? I don't think so. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's a solid wide receiver room. Um, defense is also uh, pretty stout. Like you said, picked up some uh, picked up some young talent. Tight end is something that I might be a little scared about for him. Uh, Cole Komet right now is the starting tight end. I think he's probably a lower value tight end at this point. Um, so not sure how much production he's going to get in that room. This week against Joey, I don't know. This is going to be a toss-up. I think I'm going to give the edge to... Uh, I think I'm going to give the edge to Joey. I don't really know why. What do you think, Aaron? Well, throughout the, the three seasons that this league has existed, the East has been, in my opinion, the most consistently good division. You can maybe argue that the highs of the West have been a little bit better, but I think through all the seasons, Dylan and Devin have been duking it out at the top. Joey has tried his best to constantly you know punch up and i think at this point he's kind of up there with the big dogs and and nick even though he's typically kind of going for the rebuilding style i feel like he's always you know kind of in the mix you know he's not like floundering 
Um, in terms of this week one matchup, like you said, it could go either way based on that historically, but I think I'd probably, I'd give the slight edge to Devin. I just think, I think he has a better week one starting lineup overall, but like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if, well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Joey wins the matchup by a landslide just because of the volatility of that division, but I also wouldn't be surprised if come the end of the season, if Joey does end up over top the magicians, but for week one, I'll, I'll go with the safe bet. So yeah, that wraps up our Eastern Division, and we're just going to move right along here into the Central, starting with uh, the first matchup listed, which is going to be the Duckies versus the Retrievers. We'll start out with uh, the Denver Duckies here. Um, Dan has, I feel like him and Joey are the most similar in terms of like the unpredictability of where they're going with their roster. You, know, you never quite know where the destination is going to be or what the journey is going to look like. I think the the current iteration that he has created it's a very mixed bag because you've got possibly the most high loaded running backs in the league with Saquon, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. Um, you've got just Jefferson, um, Amon Ross St. Brown and Darnell Mooney, which provides a very young core of receivers to build around. And you pair that with Russell Wilson, you know, Broncos country. Let's ride. Personally, I know me and Cole. Let's ride. <laughs> Me and Cole have debated this extensively. I think he's going to be a flop. Cole thinks he's going to be a dynamite quarterback. So one of us is going Dude, to be Russ, Russell words. Wilson's going to be a flop. That's your take. I, I think Russell Wilson. I think I would rather start Derek Carr than Russell Wilson. I think Wilson is had his best days far behind him. Denver Broncos. Think, Denver Broncos are winning the AFC West. You heard it here first. Well, it sounds like one of me and Trent are going to be eating our words as well. Yeah, I, I think Dan. I think his team is pretty well-rounded. You know, I don't think there's any one area that I think is a glaring weakness, per se. I mean, if I have to pick one, maybe I would say that some of his young linebackers haven't panned out the way that we were hoping, looking at uh, Terrell Edmonds from the Bills and Jamin Davis uh, with the Commanders. He, hasn't, he didn't have a very good rookie season, so we'll have to see what kind of amounts there. He's got a lot of good talent on the defensive line. He traded for Jonathan Greenard. He has Nick Bosa. He's always going to be a top-end guy, and I believe he took Trayvon Walker, or Trayvon Walker. So, I think Dan should have a pretty good squad, but I don't necessarily know how high the ceiling is with this team. I'm I'm a little on the fence about it, so I don't know what your your thoughts on his squad is. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of covered it. As far as the running back wide receiver scenario goes, he just needs a real big boom from the from the big three in his running back room to kind of overtake that uh you know young promising wide receiving room but it's it's a little light in the sense that you're relying on a lions wide receiver uh, a bears wide receiver um and then you know justin jefferson's obviously a home run but outside of that uh you get michael thomas back so that's a that's a boom but that wide receiving room is a little is a little sketchy uh, tight end, he has Jacecki and Hooper. You know, I don't know how much Hooper is going to be doing in Tennessee. That's more for, I guess, a uh, uh, Aaron thing that could, he could answer on. But Jacecki in Miami is a decent tight end option. I'm a little worried about the production from the tight end room. Talked about it. Defense is has its has its bright spots. Uh, like Buda Baker at safety. Linebackers are are solid, but you know that's kind of what you touched on a little thin there. So I think Dan is one of those teams that could be floating around uh, uh, a, uh, a playoff spot, but 
I don't know uh, that this is a, a win now uh, championship type roster. Uh, I think Aaron kind of you touched on it with the ceiling aspect of it being just kind of you know maybe a, a team that gets a first round exit in the playoffs. Uh, he's playing Hunter, the Chesapeake Retrievers. Uh, my thoughts on Hunter's team are he is going to win games that he's not supposed to based on uh, his depth and his matchups. I think, you know, his running back room, for example, he just got Miles Sanders, uh, got rid of Najee. He has Pollard. He has Rashad White. He has these young running backs that maybe aren't going to be the guy right now, but they're they're going to be the guy real soon. So they're going to get Apple playing time. I just think it's not a roster that's built to win right now. Uh, I like Hertz and Lawrence at quarterback. Just a real young team. Even the defense is loaded with young talent. And that's all I can really say. I wrote down young. I wrote down young AF next to Hunter's team on my notepad. So... Not a championship team yet, but well on its way. Uh, we all know Hunter's story about taking over a team in this league. Uh, so he's he's definitely valued uh, getting young talent and getting draft picks and building his team uh, for the next couple years uh, when he was kind of dealt a, a bad hand. So Hunter could make the playoffs, but I don't think he's going to make the playoffs. Um, so best of luck to Hunter. It's my boy but don't think he's a playoff team this year. I can probably agree with that. Uh, before I give my thoughts on Hunter's squad, uh, we do have a bit of a uh, surprise cameo uh, joining the, the uh, podcast call here. We've got our perennial championship contender, always championship pretender Cole joining us. Uh, he wanted to leave a message for the league, so I don't know. I'll just kind of get the floor yeah, off Yeah, thanks. Him. Thanks for that, Aaron. I really appreciate it. Hi, Cole. It. Hey, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> You know, when you beeped in, you really threw me off, bud. Yeah, <laughs> I figured the sound bit. Hey, someone come trade for Isaiah McKenzie. He's on the block. You want a flex play? It ain't going to be expensive. Come on down. This guy comes into a pod to talk trade. Unreal. <laughs> did you have homework? I did. Oh. No longer. No longer. Nah, I'm not going to throw off you guys' groove, though. Uh, someone come trade. No, though. you're good, buddy. Real talk. Someone come trade, please. I beg you. Hey, real talk. Hey, real talk. I just defended your honor before you came in this pod. Yo, thank you. Bless up. And then I got roasted Russell, as soon as I got here. <laughs> Russell Wilson, the goat. Yeah, you're not wrong. Hey, anybody yeah, we want them? We were talking about our, our uh, you know, differentiating opinions on Mr. Wilson, and Trent seems to be on your side. Yeah, Russell Wilson's still, uh, he still got it, bro. Just wait. This might be his MVP year. I'm, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to call my shot. Russell Wilson's at least second team all pro this year. Portland Sutton's going to be 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns. Not a hot take. I'm about it. Jerry Judy's mid. Okay, I'm, I'm leaving. About it. Actually, no. Okay, so what are you doing? Power rankings, right? Wait, no, Cole, real quick. Tell us about uh, Hunter. Hunter's team? Yep. I like yep, Hunter's team spot. a lot, dude. So he was 9-4 and four last year, right? Something like that. So I've been trying to trade Hunter uh, for months, and that means I like a lot of his pieces. So uh, I think he's going to win that division. <laughs> And I see him as uh, hovering around the 10-win area again. Uh, piggybacking off what Trent said, he may be an asset or two short of winning a championship, but he's got so many picks next year that as long as he uh, wants to compete, he's going to be able to do so. 
it uh, kind of baffles me every year. I come in and see this dude with uh, four plus first round picks every year, and he's still got the talent that he does. So, uh, Hunter, I still want ETN. If you're selling, hit me up. <laughs> All right, gents, have a good night. It's been fun jumping on here, and good luck to you. All All right, see you soon, Cole. All right, that was our little uh, little, little quick pit stop. Yeah, from uh, our from sponsor, Cole. brought to you by Cole. Absolutely. Uh, definitely, definitely appreciate the, uh, the little insight. Um, and then I will piggyback off him and kind of go back to talking about my thoughts on the retrievers and, and maybe Trent can kind of help me out here. Cause I feel like heading based off the season that he had last season, I felt like he was in a really good spot coming into this season, uh, to, I don't know if he'd be the favorite, but he has all this young talent and he had, you know, Najee Harris and, I believe at least one other quality running back that he traded away. And I kind of feel like it seems like Hunter enjoys the, like the chase and like the value kind of more than like the actual here and the now. Like, I feel like the squad could have made some pretty good noise had he kind of stood pat, but I mean, and he does have now multiple first round picks next year and he does still have a lot of good players, you know, Waddle, Pittman, George Pickens is getting crazy hype. Judy, Ayuk, Sky Moore. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I just kind of feel like, like, I just don't know where, when it, he's going to be in a spot where he's feeling like he's ready to contend. So I don't know if, obviously, he's he's your bud. So I don't know if you guys have had any talks about kind of what his, like, thoughts are with his team or if he's just kind of more, like, I'll acquire value and then whenever the time's right, you know, I'll be ready to contend. I mean, I feel like I haven't really like confirmed with him or talked to him about it, honestly. But I think like he definitely like Miles Sanders. I think he traded uh, what Miles Sanders in a first for Najee is what you it, gave him, I believe. It was my it was Miles Sanders, um, a li- late first and a mid first, I believe it was for this upcoming yeah. year for Najee a late first in this past rookie draft and then a late second round it was there were some smaller pieces involved but that was basically the uh the main piece was Najee and a late first for two first and Miles Sanders it's definitely interesting i think maybe it it kind of relates back to and i'm probably harping on it at this point but i think like the running back position is you know such a valuable position in fantasy football but in the NFL the shelf life of running backs is very short-lived. So the dynasty aspect of this fantasy makes it interesting in the sense that like, you know, a guy like Najee Harris was very valuable, but Miles Sanders and two first round picks, Miles Sanders and Najee Harris are the same exact age. And I think Miles Sanders actually might even be a year old. He might be one year older, one year younger. I don't know. I think there's maybe one year difference. So maybe just the value in age and the value in the draft picks is what Hunter is looking at because, I mean, you can just see it. I mean, I missed some of the running backs talking about it earlier, but he has like Michael Carter and James Cook. I mean, ETN, Pollard, Sanders, Singletary, Rashad White. These are all guys that are running back twos on depth charts that are going to be, you know, I mean, Sanders is one, some running back ones there. These are all guys that are going to, you know, eventually you would hope having seven of them on your roster, two of them will win starting jobs in the future. And then instead of worrying about draft capital at that point, you can focus on maybe, hey, I need wide receivers this year. Hey, I need a tight end. You know, it lets you prioritize your, 
you know, your roster. And I think, you know, Hunter does value like kind of chasing and, and being ahead of the game in a sense. So we'll see. I mean, I think he got a little bit worse in a, in a, in a sense. Um, but he's, he's rich and he's rich in picks and he's rich in youth. So, uh, this week against the duckies, I'm going to give it to the duckies, uh, just because of that running back room. Um, so, uh, what's your pick? Yeah, I think, I think my pick would probably have to be the duckies as well for this week one matchup. Um, and then I mean, we'll probably touch at the end on kind of long-term looks at these squads, but I, like you mentioned with, with Hunter squad, I, I definitely feel like this is where the fun in the dynasty has kind of become is just seeing where every, cause obviously everyone kind of started from the similar playing field back in season one, but now after <laughs> multiple seasons, we have just these very different approaches to player evaluations and roster construction and like you said he's got a lot of these guys especially looking at um i know tony pollard and rashad white are probably the two kind of most likely people are betting are going to become prominent guys starting next year maybe even this year with tony pollard um so i definitely think hunter squad you know banking on that you know future upside um i think it's very interesting kind of the different ways that teams are going about constructing their squads um now that we're you know multiple seasons in no i agree it's a the the dynasty aspect i think is kicking in now more than ever and i keep saying it but i'm i'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep harping on it because it's true um our next matchup we're gonna look at is the atlanta sharks jabir and the omaha hawks ryan uh starting with jabir's squad uh you know he has joe burrow at quarterback and uh he has a lot of young pieces that i think he can trade away uh to gain more draft picks uh, throughout the season i think there's going to be some teams that uh you know might come calling for david montgomery uh maybe even clyde edwards hilaire uh wide receiver wise he has chase claypool who's going to be an okay wide receiver in pittsburgh uh hamler and denver will be better with russell wilson but this team's just not quite ready to compete for a championship or a playoff spot. Um, I know he's been tanking and uh, kind of just building towards the future. So I don't blame Jabir for, uh, for trying and um, I wish him all the best in his rebuild, but this year I just don't see much of him. I uh, don't see much going on. Yeah. This is another squad where I don't think you're going to hurt his feelings by saying that um, we were, I think we were playing Fall Guys maybe a couple weeks ago, and I was asking him kind of what his thoughts for this season was going to be, and he is pretty much kind of down in the dumps about his squad a little bit. You know, he he felt like last year things were trending up. You know, he had like J.K. Dobbins, and he had Calvin Ridley, and he had uh, A.J. Brown, and pretty much since then nothing's really gone right. Uh, Jabir is very distraught looking back at his Jamar Chase for Calvin Ridley trade and how that kind of panned out for for both squads. So I think Jabir kind of recognizes that his team is probably not one of the stronger teams heading into the season. And he's coupled that with some assets that don't really make sense for a team that's on the up and up quote unquote. Like you said, I think David Montgomery has got to be a prime trade target. I think if Clyde Edwards, Hilaire can bounce back to that top of the first round value that he had in uh, rookie drafts back when he was drafted a few seasons ago, I think, He's a guy he might need to look to move. Tyler Lockett, I think, is a guy that he really should try to move. It's just a matter of if Drew Lockett, Geno Smith can be relevant for Lockett. Otherwise, I think Jabir might unfortunately be stuck with that asset into the grave, quote-unquote. 
Um, he already moved Calvin Ridley, which I know that that move did raise a lot of eyebrows in the league, but Jabir wanted off that. You know, it's addition by subtraction in his mind to get rid of that uh, toxic, you know, gambler from his squad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, it's his his defense. He does have some young pieces, so he has some good rookie picks with Thibodeau and um, Thibodeau and Hill, Daxon Hill, the safety, and Kayvon Thibodeau at the end. I do like those young defensive picks. I didn't touch on those. Absolutely, I, I think he knows that he's got some work to do to kind of get the squad back on the right track, and it'll start, you know, with making some moves here this season and then having a big 2023 rookie draft, which is supposed to be a pretty good class. So it'll be interesting to see how many picks he's able to acquire and what he's able to do with those to see if he's able to make himself a contender in the central. Cause I do think it's a pretty, it's a pretty open division. I feel like looking ahead to the future, we don't really know which way things are going to go. I'm kind of going right off that and talking about his opponents in the Omaha Hawks. This is a roster that, pretty much every season outperforms their expectations. And I think that this is probably the best iteration of the Hawks that we've seen. He was able to go out and acquire Aaron Jones. He has James Conner and between JD McKissick and Raheem Mostert, I think that he'll have an okay running back three. I don't think either of them are necessarily going to be prime pieces, but I think that's probably easily the best running back court that Ryan's been able to acquire in this league. Uh, looking at his receiving core, he's going to be without DeAndre Hopkins for a while. He's got a lot of, uh, if this was, you know, 2014, looking at Julio Jones, AJ Green, and DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> I mean, this guy would be absolutely loaded. But, I mean, so at this point, AJ Green, I think, will be pretty good with Hopkins out, and we'll have to see how he does once Hopkins comes back. And, you know, with Julio, maybe the season off did him some good. Couple that with uh, Alan Lazard, who has a huge opportunity as well as uh, Byron Pringle, a guy who I think is probably flying under the radar here a little bit. Some somebody's got to catch passes in Chicago. You know that's never, never the best uh, sales pitch. You know, hype up a player saying that somebody has to be there. But I do think Pringle has just as good a shot as anybody there. This is a team that's always been focused on the defensive side of the ball, and I do believe he made a couple of trades. A cup. I think it was early in August. Um, one of them was with me where he uh, acquired Kenneth Murray was a guy that he was after. He's got a ton of defensive backs. He's got a lot of linebackers. I, I think, I think this team is actually pretty decent. You know, I think in previous power rankings iterations, he tended to fall pretty often in that like 12, 11 slot. I wouldn't be surprised. If this is like, I still don't think that it's a, top echelon team i mean of course you know if things break right you know who knows but i definitely think that this is a pretty decent contender in that central division where there's a lot of question marks with other teams and i wouldn't be surprised if the hawks do make the playoffs here this season uh which is i think a a big step up from where he was you know especially like season two i think there was just a ton of question marks um definitely definitely love the way ryan uh you know manages i think he's a great owner i think he's been steadily making better moves, and like I said, I think this is probably my favorite squad of his that we've seen out of him. Yeah, shout out Ryan. Uh, two safeties for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yonder just absolutely slapped against uh, South Dakota State, so shout out Ryan. Uh, kudos to Ryan again because Aaron's absolutely right. Um, I think they're going to get the win this week over the Atlanta Sharks, and that is because the Hawks have uh, assembled, I think, the best team they've had so far. Um since we've since we've been 
playing. And I think, Aaron, you touched on it, that running back room of Jones, <clears throat> Aaron Jones and James Conner. Um, he did take a blow with Hopkins, but you talked about the wide receivers. Lazard has a huge opportunity. Green can step in. Jones is going to actually, Julio is going to have a decent opportunity to get some touchdowns um, in a high-powered offense. Um, TJ Hawkinson, that's his boy at tight end. And Schultz, he'll probably start those two tight ends, I would assume. So both tight ends who are going to catch touchdowns. Uh, defense, you know, anytime you have Aaron Donald, I don't care what position, uh, it's a good day. Um, you know, Patrick Queen at linebacker, just a, a, a solid team, a really solid team. And I think he's, you know, done a good job at building this roster, like you said. And uh, that's why I think he's going to start 1-0 this week. If I didn't mention it, I'm also picking the Hawks to win this week one matchup. Our next matchup is going to be the Scarrow Spiders and the Los Angeles Wildfire. Uh, starting with the Spiders, uh, this team is going to have some issues, I think, uh, making the playoffs. Uh, I think they'll get some, you know, a couple wins here and there. They have a roster that's definitely capable of scoring points. Um, I just don't know if it's enough boom uh, week in and week out. Uh, Elijah Mitchell in the running back room. And uh, Ramondre Stevenson out of New England should get quality touches. Uh, Pearson Houston, not sure what his role will be if he'll be the RB one full time, um, but could get you know an opportunity there to get some points. Wide receiver, he's got Juju, uh, Tony Devontae Smith, DJ Chark in Detroit. Hopefully, can uh, relive a little bit of his older days and get some points for him. Uh, defensively, he's he got you know some quality, quality linebackers, quality safeties. Uh, young safeties and when he gets to Sean Watson back at quarterback uh, in the future he won't have to start Trubisky uh, so hopefully he can maybe get some quarterback help because I think if Malik Willis maybe comes into a starter in Tennessee uh, getting quarterback quality quarterback play will help the roster uh, immensely throughout the season uh, Aaron what are your thoughts you know I don't think there's a ton really to say here about the the spiders I think I think this team has to win more games than it did last year, although they only have to win two to reach that benchmark. This was a, a long-term project here by Jason. You know, he won the ship season one and then basically said, I'm out. So he's still very early in this rebuilding process. He's quite literally, I think, might have 17 different receivers on his squad. It, just looking at the numbers, somebody, at least a few of those guys have to pan out, and that's looking past you know probably the most likely candidates in Jameson Williams and Garrett Wilson uh, Alec Pierce is an interesting name I'm a big Kadarius Tony fan although I wasn't at the time that I traded him to Jason Juju Smith-Schuster I think is the most volatile player in that receiving core he could go back to his top five receiver status or he could just potentially be out of the league next year like he's there's so many question marks with this receiving core uh, I think he has acquired some pretty decent young running back talent that I feel like is still kind of like Hunter in the sense where guys like Isaiah Spiller and Ramondre Stevenson, I think, will be better come next year. But they they could still have standalone value this season. Defense, obviously, is more of a quality over quantity approach. He's pretty thin in all spots, and I think he's still probably at least another season or two away from really being a playoff contender. But he did have 14 draft picks this year, and without being able to pull up the future draft picks, uh, let's see if I can do that here real quick. If not, he he's very likely to have 
at least is a lot. <laughs> at least eight or nine picks next season. Is a he, lot. He loves acquiring picks, and I think that he's just playing for at least next season with Watson. Maybe Malik Willis is able to turn into a starting quarterback option. Yeah, he has at least two first rounders, four second rounders, two third rounders. So he so he's loaded um, with draft capital for next season. So again, I don't think he's gonna be offended when we say you're probably not making the playoffs this year, but you're in the right direction, which is better than some other rebuilding teams have done in the past. Agreed, agreed. And he is taking on the Los Angeles Wildfire this week, Cole. Uh, I'm going to give the nod to Cole this week one matchup. Uh, You know, Cole, uh, we were just joined by Cole. So, you know, he's got a special spot in my heart now that we talked to him tonight. I think Cole's team is, you know, is is interesting. It's always going to be competitive for a championship. I think he's going to be a playoff team in that that tough West division. Uh, You know, Lamar and Matthew Stafford at quarterback, whichever way he goes, you would hope is going to work out. Um, two quarterbacks that have question marks around them, but you would hope one of them is going to uh, figure it out from a fantasy perspective. Running back, uh, you know, anytime you have Jonathan Taylor, it's a good day. Uh, I am a little worried about uh, outside of Taylor, Cam Akers and A.J. Dillon are probably going to be the next two best options for him. Um, guys who, you know, may not be, uh, getting the ball a, a whole lot from a, a workload management, but he has five fantastic receivers to uh, kind of counterbalance that uh, that depth in his running back room with Dallas Goddard at tight end. Uh, Isaiah likely was a good first round, or not first round draft pick, I'm sorry, but a good draft pick for him. Uh, Isaiah likely, OJ Howard now in Houston, Gronkowski. <laughs> Isaiah likely, likely should drop Gronkowski Cole. And then a good, you know, a very solid defense. He got Devin White from me this year uh, to kind of round out that linebacking core that's already has Shaq Leonard in it uh, with a veteran Bobby Wagner. So Cole's team is obviously loaded um, on the defensive side of the ball, wide receiver, uh, I guess quarterback and running back with the exception of Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, could kind of be his Achilles heel uh, if he's going to have one, but like his team overall. And I uh, like him to get the week one, the week one win. Aaron, what do you think about Cole and the Wildfire? It's hard not to like Cole's squad. I mean, he's done a really good job at acquiring assets, and at this point, like you said, the receivers are loaded. He's got JT. He's made good moves season after season, much to the chagrin of some owners. But something just doesn't click with the roster. You know, this is going to be the fourth season now. I would dare say that in all three of the prior seasons, he's been considered a top two contender, and yet he just hasn't been able to bring home the ship. I think he's only made the finals one out of the three times, and obviously, you know, there's the element of luck to fantasy, but just for whatever reason, luck has not struck Cole's way. I think he's banking on a lot of youth this season, which is also a little bit riskier when you're talking about a title contender. I mean, guys like Elijah Moore, um, Cam Akers, I'm really down on. AJ Dillon, I'm I'm very high on, but I don't know if he's necessarily going to hit this season or if he's going to be more of a long-term play. Dallas Goddard, I mean his whole tight end group, I'm pretty down on. Um, but especially Goddard, I just don't I don't get the the hype for him personally. I think he's kind of ridden that potential hype behind Zachers for too many seasons now, and we really need to see him step up this season. 
but like I said, it's a hard roster not to like on paper. I think you have to pick him to be the the week one winner, and he's probably going to end up, you know, with at least nine wins this season, if not more. But we really just need to, we really need to see this roster finally click this season. Otherwise, if I'm Cole, I'm probably losing my mind because I don't know what more you can do in his spot to set yourself up for success. Sounds like a little bit of division animosity. No animosity here. I beat him last season. Oh, T. Higgins sent him home. Well, Aaron, speaking of division animosity, uh, I think we did our best to save the best matchup for last year. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, obviously, listeners, we're talking about the matchup between San Diego Paladins, Aaron, your host, and Honolulu High Tide, Trenton, coming through the airwaves at you currently. Aaron, why don't you go ahead and talk about the high tide? For sure. Looking at the high tide, I mean, I think this is a really good squad. I remember uh, talking to you back when we were having the rookie draft and how I thought that you were actually doing a really good job with your picks. You know, you got Traylon Burks, you got a lot of Penn State guys, you know, Bickety and Jaquan Brisker, who you've since moved, unfortunately. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I think, is a good long-term asset there, especially now that you've got Tom Brady likely going to retire again after this season he doesn't at least from my vantage point doesn't seem all that invested in the season at hand but I feel like your squad kind of reminds me a lot of the like New Orleans Saints through you know a lot of like the the late 2010s where Sean Payton kind of just kept like kicking kicking the can down the road like just a little bit and it was always able to produce you know these teams that were going to be really good and, you know, just, you know, kind of needed some luck to kind of break right in order to actually win the whole thing. I mean, I think your move for Leonard Fournette made a lot of sense for both of our squads. I think that he's still going to be really, really good this year, especially, you know, with the uncertainty with Chris Godwin coming back to start the season um, with Julio Jones and Russell Gage kind of be a new acquisition set offense. I think they're going to have to rely on Fournette quite a bit. And Brady did throw to him a lot, to be fair. Um, Chase Edmonds, I think, is a super interesting wild card where he was like their their primary acquisition as soon as free agency opened like mike mcdaniel wanted chase Edmonds, so i feel like he's got to be pretty involved in that running game and then damian harris i mean he he had what like 16 touchdowns last season um he's probably not going to do that well this season but i definitely think in that deal that you recently made with hunter where he got singletary and you got harris i i think that you've ended up far better on that just in terms of that specific side of the equation you know very good defense you know you got Hassan Reddick get moved down to D-line um like I said I really like uh Ibikity on that Falcons D-line they really got nobody else to rush the passer um Danico Autry had a really good season for the Titans last season and now with uh, Landry out I expect him to step up and get a lot more pass rushing opportunities kind of thin it linebacker currently I know you did move um both Levante David and Devin White uh, over this past season, but I still think this is a pretty good squad. Again, things just ha- kind of have to break right, but I mean, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see this team put up double-digit wins again this season. I just kind of would probably have some reservations about kind of where it's you know going from here. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely uh, kind of in a, in a in a weird spot right now because I don't want to completely sell out. <clears throat> sell out. And uh, I definitely am, you know, probably kicking a little bit of a can, but I still feel like my roster is in a position where um, I can get, you know, hopefully 
rely on some touchdowns from the running back room. Receivers can play well, and uh, my offense can be high-powered enough. I'm definitely struggling at depth. Uh, I think everyone kind of is, but once the bye weeks come into play, I think we kind of see that with my roster every year. Uh, you know, a hot start, and then the bye weeks, and I got to bring in these guys who don't really get many touches. So all in all, I'll uh, I'll be very uh, happy with a uh, with a week one win over the Paladins just to keep my streak alive. But um, you know, your roster, I'll just kind of get into it. is is very is very uh, very good. You know, Nick Chubb. Najee Harris and Joe Mixon, Javante Williams, that's four running backs that are probably all going to be absolute catalysts for their offense. Um, if anything would go wrong with Javante, you have Melvin there to back it up. Wide receivers, you've got a ton to choose from. Uh, you've got Rad, you've got Ridley uh, waiting for his parlay to hit, but once that uh, goes through, he'll be back for you. But even this year uh, with Lamb, uh, Higgins, Getting the rookie from Penn State, Dotson, you got your guy. Uh, Boyd, Cooks, you know, these are all guys. Robinson, these are all guys that are going to be quality starters. Uh, Andrews and Kittle and Njoku all at tight end is a loaded tight end room. I would assume you're going to be starting Andrews and Kittle. Um, and then just a pretty a pretty stout defense. Uh, linebacker with uh, Perriman and Jones, uh, Miles Jack. Uh, getting the rookie from Philly, Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. He's going to be a great player. Uh, I expect your team to, you know, be a playoff team. Uh, I think your running back room makes you a championship contender as well as the wide receiver asset you have. Um, and then to top it all off, you know, I didn't even mention it. You have Josh Allen at quarterback, who uh, I know you've never been a lover of quarterback in fantasy, but I think you're going to obviously reap the benefits of having Josh Allen quarterback for taking those rushing yards, passing yards, uh, and touchdowns. So for week one, I'm picking myself because that's how I feel. But I wish you the best. The West is going to be tough between me, you, and Cole. I think your team is definitely in a win-now mode. Uh, but have a little bit of youth in there to to make it successful for the next few years. So that's kind of my take on our matchup this week. Yes, yeah, so I'll quickly, you know, discuss my team. Won't brag too much. Um, obviously, it sucked not winning the ship last season. I thought it was, thought it was my time after making that move for Joe Mixon to lead me into the the championship. And Dylan just kind of scored. I think it was maybe like ten points more than me. Like it wasn't a crazy margin. Did what I could to try to bolster up the roster for this season. Um, making that move for Najee Harris, I think that deal did make a lot of sense for both sides. Um, personally, I really like adding Najee because uh, I'm not necessarily depending on him to be like the guy that leads the backfield. You know, I've got a lot of guys who can't take that mantle, um, and I'm probably going to end up starting all four of those running backs most weeks, uh, which stinks because I do have Kittle, but it, it's just hard to play Kittle over like a Joe Mixon or a, I mean, we'll see how Javante and the Gordon split is. So maybe to start the year, I might look to do double tight end, but it's a pretty good roster overall. Um, we'll just have to see how the defense kind of pans out. I think it, I think I've gotten a little bit weaker on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I already kind of regret letting go of uh Devine Diablo um, in restricted free agency this past season, but 
all I need is a couple guys to hit there. Um, in terms of this week one, I'm also going to pick the high tide because you, I think, have beaten me oh. every every time we've met at the beginning of the season. I'm pretty sure that you beat me, and I think the first two seasons you beat me by like 70 points a piece. So that's my high tide. Yeah, I, I'm going to pick the high tide to win uh, week one, but hopefully by the end of the season, uh, you know, it's going to be a one A one B type situation with uh with Colson on the outskirts. I love it. All right. Well, look, we got to wrap this thing up, but rapid reaction or rapid prediction, who is your championship this year and who wins? So very off the cuff, first guess at my championship matchup, I am going to go with a rematch of last season. I think that Dylan is going to make a big move sometime near the trade deadline, acquire that one last piece, whether it's a a locked in running back or a you know receiver from one of these teams that are trying to sell off for the future. I think it's gonna be Dylan and it's gonna be myself. Um and I'm going to of course pick myself to win as again, kinda of like I mentioned with Cole, if I am not able to win this league with the roster that I've been able to build, then I've kind of just failed as a fantasy owner. Um, so that is going to be my prediction, and I'm going to just give the the dark horse contender option to the Boston Clams. Uh, I would not be surprised if they managed to sneak in with a hot playoff run to sneak into the championship. Alrighty, well, I'm going to go with the Grovers over the Magicians in the championship, and my dark horse is going to be watch out for the Omaha Hawks when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Going bold with that uh, that Eastern supremacy, I see. So yeah, but I'm excited for football to be back. I'm glad we could jump on and do this together. I'm excited for the season. And uh, Aaron, why don't you just send us out? Yeah, for sure. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Good luck to everybody this season. And Broncos country, let's ride. Let's ride.